Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Gotta have something if you wanna be with me. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Gotta have something if you wanna be with me. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Christians with Questions podcast. I'm Josh Fultz and I am your host. And this week we are addressing a question from a younger listener. And the question is this, who made God? And then also this week, my kids randomly asked me this question. And then this question came up on Wednesday night talking to some high school students and junior high students as well. And so it seemed like a great time to discuss this question. And this is a question that I've heard frequently. And I think this question is, is something that everyone asks at some point in their lives. And sometimes it's phrased as, who made God? Or sometimes it's, where did God come from? And so we're going to start off with the short answer. Um, who made God? Well, the answer to that is no one. Where did God come from? Nowhere. God has always been. That is to say, there's never been a time where God did not exist. Now, I know that's a little bit hard for us to wrap our minds around, isn't it? The reason for that is because it's just so foreign to us. We live in a universe where we see cause and effect at every turn. We're used to things having a beginning, whether it's dinner, you know, you're, you're waiting at 6 o'clock and you're just waiting for whatever that is to come out of the oven. Well, you know that came from somewhere. You prepared it and cooked it. Whether it's when you're a kid building a Lego you know, airplane or house, you're the one that collected all the pieces and you brought that thing into beginning. Uh, whether it's a house that you laid a foundation for and the boards go up, the framing goes up, the roof goes on, the brick goes on it. Um, we, we see things as having a beginning and a cause and effect relationship. And that's because everything we see did in fact have a creator. The Bible says that God made everything. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, God could not have created himself, because think about it. To create yourself, you would have to exist before yourself. Now, that is pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? It just doesn't work. God couldn't have created himself because he would have had to exist before himself. Now, this is certainly not a new question. In fact, this question has been grappled with for thousands and thousands of years. The ancient Greeks um, grappled with this question as well. And so Aristotle, famous philosopher, he advanced the idea of what's called an unmoved mover. He knew that it was silly to answer the question of who created God by saying, well, another God created him. Because what's going to happen after that? Well, the next question is going to be, who created that God? Well, another God created that God. Well, who created that God? Another God created that God. And who created that God? Another God created that God. Now, I'm not going to keep doing this because it would get really annoying. So Aristotle said there had to be a first cause. There must be what he called a prime or an unmoved mover. That is to say, it all had to start from somewhere. Another way um, that this, this idea um, can be thought about is in the saying, it can't be turtles all the way down. Now, maybe you're thinking, say What? Can't be turtles all the way down. What does that mean? Well, it's alleged that some of the ancients believed that the world rested on the back of a giant turtle. And when asked, well, if the earth rests on the back of a giant turtle, what does that turtle stand on? 
And guess the reply? You got it. It was, well, that turtle is standing on another turtle. And we could keep doing that all day as well. And so the saying is it can't be turtles all the way down. There has to be an anchor point. And so this goes back to Aristotle's idea of an unmoved mover or a first cause. That is to say, if you line up a bunch of dominoes, there had to be something that tipped all the dominoes over. Another thing we should consider when we address this question is what do we mean by the word God? Well, God is the greatest conceivable being. He is fully actualized. That is to say, he lacks nothing. He can't get better because he's the best. He can't get worse because God is perfect. And so he's complete. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's also uncreated. He exists out of his own necessity. So when we talk about God, he has to be uncreated. If he was created by someone, he wouldn't be God. The being that created him would, in fact, be God. So for God to be the greatest conceivable being, it's necessary that he be uncreated. It's sort of like it's in the definition of who God is, that he has to be uncreated. Um, there's, a, there's a famous clip of Ben Shapiro on the, on the internet, and he's having a conversation with this young woman that the Boy Scouts only include boys. And she says, well, how do you know that? Where, where's, where does it say that at? And he says, in the name Boy Scouts. Uh, in other words, it's self-evident. And it's the same way when we talk about God. It's, it's, it's sort of self-evident that he has to be self-existent and uncreated. Um, it's kind of part of God's definition. Now, certainly, everything that begins to exist has a cause. But God never began to exist. He's just always been. And so, so far, we've looked at this question from a, a more philosophical slant. And so the easy, the easy answer, you know, if, if, if you have a young child, um, who created God? Well, no one created God. He's always been. And so we've kind of, you know, went a little bit deeper. But now let's ask exactly what does the Bible say about God? Uh, there's a passage I love in Psalm chapter 90. This psalm is written by Moses, and it's just very poetic. And uh, Psalm 92 says this. It says, Before the mountains were born, are you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now think about that. God is everlasting, and here are our lives. Just this small 70, 80, maybe 90 years, if you're blessed, this little blip on the radar makes us feel small and insignificant. But isn't it so amazing to know that even though God is who he is, that he cares about you, that he knows your name, that he loves you? Isaiah 57, 15 says this, For this is what the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place. He who lives forever. Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. 1 Timothy 1.17, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Multiple passages of Scripture that reflect the idea that God is the God who is. Exodus 3.14, Moses is talking to God. And Moses says, you know, when I, when I go back to Egypt to try to deliver your people, they're going to ask, well, who's sending me? And God says, you tell them, I am sent you. He says, my name is I am who I am. 
Now, the, the word I am is related to the Hebrew name for God, which is Yahweh. And this was the most sacred name for God. It occurs more than 6,800 times in the Old Testament. And it's believed to be a form of the verb hayah, almost like a karate chop, hayah, um, which is the verb to be. So in other words, the name for God, the most sacred name for God is just the verb to be. In other words, God just is. His name is to be. His name is existence. He has never not been. Now, how cool is that? Part of what it means to be God is to just be. His existence is necessary. He isn't a puny God made of stone or material that's isolated to some building made by human hands. No one created him. He just is. Now, certainly, I know there are some who may not find this answer satisfactory because, again, all we know is cause and effect. It's hard for us to imagine someone who doesn't have a beginning. But reality doesn't conform to what we think or want. Instead, we have to conform to what actually is. And here's the fact of the matter. This is the hard truth. Something has had to always exist. Something has had to always exist. Have you ever asked the question, why does anything exist at all? In other words, why is there something when there should be nothing? There has to have been something that's always been here. And really, you've got two options. Either God has always existed or the universe has always existed. That's it. That's your options. So the Christian isn't doing any special pleading here. If a person doesn't believe in God, they have to instead believe that the universe has always existed or that the universe just came into existence on its own. And then after that, the universe had to bring forth life. Um, Lots of challenges to overcome there. Both of these options require a certain amount of faith. And there is no other option. Something has always been. Now, if you're still with me, you know, we could stop here, but why not go a little bit further together, shall we? So we know there is something and not nothing. Because as the old saying goes, nothing from nothing is nothing. So something has always been either God or the universe. Now, I think there are good reasons to believe that the universe has not always been. And if that's the case, it also points us even more towards God's having always existed. Now, do I think we need more evidence? Well, not particularly. The the biblical evidence is sufficient. It says that God has always existed. But why not? Let's make our case a little bit further. And so what I want to do real quick, we're not going to get too deep here, but I want to look at two arguments Um, one from science and one from philosophy that indicate, that point us in the direction that the universe has not always been here, that the universe is not eternal. So let's start off with our argument from science. And it's it's pretty simple. It's uh, based on the second law of thermodynamics, which indicates that the universe is running out of usable energy. Just like when you hop in your car and go for a drive, you've got to put gas in the tank just to make it go. Now, I would love it if I had a car that had um, infinite energy. That would be amazing. My gas budget would go down every month. Um, But sadly, they haven't made a car like that yet. Now, they've made battery-operated cars, but you still have to charge them. So you can't just hop in a car and drive as much as you want. Eventually, it's going to run out of gas, and you've got to put more fuel in the tank. Well, the universe is running like a car as well. And eventually, based on the second law of thermodynamics, eventually... 
it will run out of gas. So if the universe is eternal in the past, how has it not run out of gas by now, so to speak? Now, some have suggested that perhaps the universe is sort of like um, you know, a clock that's self-winding or that it rebounds and it starts over. But the truth is there's no evidence for this. And even if the universe collapses on itself and rebounds, it seems that it would still run out of energy. Now, I have been to the top of the Empire State Building, and the first thing I did when I got up there was I spit off the top. I know, um, it's juvenile, it's childish, but that's literally the first thing me and my dad did. We just spit off the top. But if I'm on top of the Empire State Building, and I drop one of those rubber super balls from the top, um, when it hits ground, of course, it's going to shoot back up skyward. It's going to rebound and bounce back up. But each bounce is going to be shorter and shorter and shorter as it runs out of energy. And so the, the same idea with the universe. Eventually, it's going to run out of energy. And so if it hasn't run out of energy yet, how can the universe be eternal? And so that's our, our quick, simple argument from science based on the second law of thermodynamics. Now an argument from philosophy. This one you may have to think a little bit deeper but sometimes it's good to have your mind stretched a little bit, right? Um, if the universe has always existed, that is to say if it goes infinitely into the past, then we would have never gotten to today. Uh, you cannot pass through an infinite amount of moments. So the fact that we are here today, that it's 2020, it's been one of those years, and you are listening to this podcast tells us that the universe doesn't go infinitely into the past. It had to have a starting point. And so if the universe had a starting point, it can't be eternal. So here we are back to the only option that's left, which is God. Now, one last thought, if you're still with me. When we say God has always existed, we mean one, one God, but three persons. We're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, God has never been lonely. God has never been bored. It's not like God you know, created the entire known universe because one day he was just sort of drawing circles in the sand with his big toe and was like, what am I going to do today? God's never been bored because God has existed in three persons and they have always had perfect fellowship together. But the reason I bring this up is this also means that Jesus was not created. Now, there was a man who lived in the late 200s to early 300s AD, so it's been you know about 1,700 years ago. Uh, his name was Arius, and he taught this, that God the Father created the Son, Jesus. That Jesus was a big deal, he was important, he was you know, over man, um, but that he was created. But this is not the case. Jesus has also always existed. Now, prior to the Incarnation, which is when Jesus took on human nature, so Jesus was fully God, and in the Incarnation, he takes on man's nature, so he becomes fully man as well. Prior to that, Jesus existed as a spirit. Um, but Jesus is God. He's always existed. He's uncreated. In fact, when you read the fourth gospel, the book of John, um, and I love this passage of Scripture. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so this verse here is speaking about Jesus, and it reminds us that he has always been. 
And not only that, but Jesus entered into humanity. Jesus fully revealed who God is. The book of Colossians chapter 1 reminds us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus came to make God visible in our lives so that we might know him. So the eternal God who has always existed loves us and wants to know us deeper. And so who made God? The answer to that is no one. God has always been. Now, I hope thinking about this makes God so much bigger in your mind because he is so much bigger than we will ever comprehend. And I think this was a great question. Keep asking questions, my friends, because this is how we continue to grow and to learn. And so thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Christians with Questions podcast. If you've got a question you want us to go over, to mull over, to think about, you can send us an email at christianswithquestionspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and submit a question there. And we would so love it if you found our Facebook page, liked us, um, maybe shared it with your friends. And if you enjoy this podcast, give us a like on there, a rating, a review, and share it with other people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. And we will see you again next week on the Christians with Questions podcast. God bless.